This is Workflow, Episode 8. Workflow is the podcast that helps teams figure out the best way to work, collaborate, and get stuff done. Brought to you by Rindle. Hey everyone, I'm Brian. And I'm Tom. And we're the co-founders of Brindle, and this is our podcast, Workflow. Today we're talking about how to structure your team's work. All right, Tom, so uh, what's going on on your side? Uh, so this past weekend, uh, we launched quote-unquote V3 of Brindle, um, which is a long time in the making. Uh, the launch went off pretty much without a hitch. It took um, a little bit longer than, than we thought to get all the, the data migrated over. Um, but it's done now, so that is awesome. Woohoo! We've been talking <laughs> about it even on this podcast a couple different times that we're still working on V3 and, and kind of getting it ready to deploy. So pretty exciting that that's out and into production. Yeah, and, and we had a couple of hiccups um, since launch, but not not too bad, I don't think. Uh, I think both of us have been pretty happy with with how um, how few actual bugs we deployed with. <laughs> yeah, no, very excited about that. Pretty smooth release. Uh, so, you know, onward and upward. Absolutely, cool. Yeah, and um, this upcoming week, I'm going on vacation. I'm super excited about that. I, I could definitely use a little break after uh, this this mad rush to get this out the door and everything fixed up where are you headed uh just down to delaware with family um we've gone to cape may the past couple of years um you actually joined us one of the years uh for a couple of days the, um, the, the uh, visit not to be spoken of again <laughs> yes yeah and you're you're no longer invited actually since that uh we've been banned <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> no you're always invited but uh since it's almost identical situation as the last, I'm glad that you will not be joining. <laughs> yeah, and just to clue everybody in, that was when um, two years ago we brought our newborn daughter <laughs> to Tom's family's vacation home for the week <laughs> and spent the weekend, and it was completely miserable. Um, so I don't know how old Stella was at that time. Probably only, I think, three eight. weeks. No, <laughs> was it? It was like really, really <laughs> young. Yeah. Yeah, we should have done that, but we did. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. We won't do that again. Yep, but yeah, so we're um, we've gone Cape May in the past, but now we're going just across uh, across the waterway to to Rehoboth, Delaware. We got a house down there, so it should be should be exciting. My wife's from Delaware. Um, I've been down there a lot, but my family actually has not uh, been down there too much, so it should be should be fun. Cool. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, I am excited about V three as well, and certainly excited to move on to some new things. Um, I think we have some exciting features uh, on the roadmap, so excited to kind of start tackling those challenges. Um, but on a personal note, you know, we did have a baby scare this week, so I do have number three on the way, and had some complications, so I ended up in the hospital with my wife for three days, three solid days, I guess three and a half days. Um, so. That was uh, everything. Everybody's happy and healthy, which is great. Everybody's home. Um, haven't had the baby yet, so get to keep the the bun in the oven, if you will, for a little <laughs> longer, uh, which is always the best case scenario. Um, but it definitely did open my eyes to the fact that we were not ready at all for <laughs> number three, and actually, it all happened on Sunday, and then you know 
I was in the middle of like getting furniture together and all this stuff. We were moving my daughter into a different room. So the baby has a room, all these things are happening. And literally this thing happened where we had to go to the hospital and I just, the house was a complete disaster. You know, I'm, we're thinking we're going to have another child on our hands in a, in a day or two. Um, and uh, that brought a lot of anxiety on. So um, <laughs> I was panicking and trying to run back and get all that stuff organized and at least get some like, sanity as far as just bringing another child back home and all this stuff and in the end ended up being where you know we didn't have the baby so but i guess it was a false alarm that had some good results as like we got a lot of stuff done in a short period of time yeah maybe we'll do think, that to you <laughs> yeah whenever you think you're you know prepared you're really not so it did definitely open my eyes and this weekend i'll be cranking out a lot of the extra little things i need to get done and i just want to be kind of super prepared uh for when the baby does come. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's basically been every childbirth that uh, me and my wife had, so <laughs> where it's <laughs> rush, 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 because uh, both of our children were premature, and, uh, you know, there's no no planning <laughs> when these things are going to happen. Yeah, I think I took it for granted because both of our previous children were full term, um, and we just kind of assumed that, hey, we're going to probably carry this one full term. We won't have any issues. And of course, you know, when you start relaxing and thinking that way, the opposite happens. So, um, Absolutely. but who knows, might still carry full term, but yeah, you never, you know, no matter how prepared you think you are, especially for children, uh, you're never really ready. You just kind of wing it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the one thing you learn. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that I wanted to just point out for anybody, you know, listening and can chime in and maybe confirm this but i am using a new mic as of episode seven it was actually the original mic that i wanted to use or thought i would use from some recommendations from others and some other podcast folks um so i tried that and then tom was using his own headset and we got some good feedback that his voice sounded really good so i ended up getting his mic and trying that one but then when i was playing back these episodes i noticed hey my voice actually sounded better with my original headset, which I only recorded episode two with, um, and then recorded all the other ones with the new mic. So as of episode seven, I've been using this new mic, you know, my original mic. So I think even with editing and all that stuff, hearing the playback and stuff, it sounds better. It sounds like I'm less far away. So looking for some confirmation if that's the case. So maybe it's not actually the mic. Maybe it's actually just my voice. Your voice might just be that stellar for podcasting. You know, maybe you, you missed your calling. Maybe you should have been a radio host or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. <laughs> anyway, cool. So, yeah, before we get started, uh, just again, if you have questions, topics, or team scenarios you want us to tear down, uh, you can call our voicemail number. It's 860-577-2293 or email us at workflow at rindle.com. Also, uh, if you want, please leave us a review. Uh, it really uh, keeps us motivated and uh, helps helps reach more people. Um, however, the, the algorithm works. You know, if you get more comments, you seem to then show up on more people's uh, feeds in order to potentially have them listen to you. Awesome, cool. So let's get into the main topic. So we get a, this question a lot, like when we talk to our customers and potential customers and things like that. You know what? types of boards so in Rindle we call them boards they're basically projects or, or a structural entity however you might organize yourself uh, some systems have actually call them projects whatever we call them boards so we're gonna we're gonna reference them as boards throughout and I think we've even even done this in previous episodes um, but you know we get this question a lot what type of boards or projects should I have for my team um, and 
I think Tom and I even in previously discussing this, we kind of like, well, oh, that's kind of straightforward. But actually, it's not because when you're looking at a blank canvas, especially when you're starting to use a new PM system or something like that, it's a little intimidating and you might not know where to start or exactly what to set up or um, things like that. So I think it was a great topic to kind of dive into a little bit and go over, well, the different types of boards or structure that you can have for your team and why. Uh, it would hopefully give a great outline to wrap your head around, okay, well, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, we do actually have these different scenarios going on and maybe we should do X, Y, and Z. So um, I think we have basically broken this down into like different categories of uh, different types of, of projects slash boards. Um, so the first one is really the department slash team board. Yeah, I think this one gets overlooked quite a bit actually. And, uh, you know, a lot of people who have like projects going on don't think to necessarily have a, a board or project for their team. And these are more for like internal projects and things like that, that you actually can manage that, uh, especially if you have client work going on, like, and you have client deliverables, like Tom, you and I had in the agency world, you know, the, the department stuff seems to be kind of like second rate or like not as important. So you don't think to really keep yourself organized that much because the client work is, is top and priority for everybody. Um, but yeah, like any internal projects or things that are going on amongst your team can be tracked in its own dedicated board. Sure. So that's for both uh, teams, you know, and, and also like department heads and um, basically any, any group within your organization. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it will like, it's a great place, not only just to track project work. So you might have, you know, multiple projects going on internally, or maybe even you as a manager, you're delegating tasks out to your team. It's just a place to keep all of the team based things organized. So instead, and, and, it, and again, we'll get into this as we talk, but sometimes, you know, bigger projects might be broken out into its own board and all those things. But generally, you can keep your internal projects managed with a task and a couple subtasks and have kind of a big view of all the projects that are going on internally for your department in one place, uh, who's working on them, things like that, um, and give your team a place to collaborate around those things that's kind of separate from all the other things you have going on and all the other deliverables that are happening. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think uh, very often, like we have a couple of boards like this and, and very often we will end up having created a whole bunch of tasks that are related and then uh, a, a, another board basically naturally forms from that, from that board. Mm -hmm. um, because we have like a whole bunch of tasks that are, are similar. So then you can like easily transition those into its own, its own board. Yeah, absolutely. I always had trouble finding a home for things like we'd have a meeting every week with our team and, you know, I would give out tasks. I'd be given tasks. Like we're talking about lots of different things during that meeting. And because we were so focused on the client work that the client work always had a home. Right. But we, we struggled to sometimes find a home to track the other work. So, so delegation, I think, um, and tracking the internal teamwork is, is actually something that, usually falls by the wayside is kind of like, oh, I'll remember to do that. Or yeah, yes, yeah, shoot me an email. Uh, but we don't think to actually put it in a home. So whether it naturally happens, like you're saying, and kind of just falls into its own board, or you purposely implement it just so you have that place, even if it's not active all the time, but when you need it, it's there and, and the tasks have a home. The next uh type of, of board that we create is, is our project boards. Um, and those are typically projects that have start and end dates, uh, fixed period projects, if you will. Um, so 
in the like back again when we worked at an agency that a lot of these would be uh client projects um and and one-off projects if um not like ongoing long-term uh projects yeah so even compared to like the department board we just talked about you know the department board is going to be there forever right like your your department will even if you leave that company or some of your teammates to leave that company that team board will probably be there always you'll be tracking internal projects and things like that through tasks on that one board mm -hmm. um it doesn't really have a start and end date you know where a project you know has a dedicated start and end date it's structured uh it will cycle through um and yeah i think the best example of that are kind of client projects or any kind of client deliverable you're doing um like some software companies have onboarding projects where they have you know, it's a six week process and they onboard the customer onto the platform or whatever they're doing, or it's an agency where they're doing a creative project and they're designing a logo. Um, that has a, a beginning and an end. And if we do more work for that customer, usually it'll be another project, right? Could be six months from now, could be three months from now, could be a year. Um, so I think that's a real good way to define kind of another use case for a board of those kind of one-off projects or things that will have a start and end and will cycle through. It, it is also pretty, pretty important to try to keep Boards smaller and and uh, more contained to specific things, so so they they are more or less done at some point. Yeah, I think w what you're trying to say is that if you kind of keep one board living and breathing, kind of adding on multiple projects in one area potentially, and kind of having that last forever mm -hmm. or last longer than it should, it, it, it depending on the volume and the size of the projects, it might make sense to. You know, if you get another project with that customer, it's a new board, right? Mm -hmm. You're not tacking that new project into the same board, and now you have two projects running in the same board, right? Um, therefore, when you're done with the first project, that will kind of go away, and you're still working on the second project, and they're kind of kept in a nice, neat entities that can that can have an end, as opposed to it just bleeding on and on and on, and nobody kind of knows where anything is. Yeah, it, and back when we worked at the agency, we really um, like basically would wrap up the the major project if you will and then we would typically create like a maintenance type uh project if if we had like additional um maintenance type work to do on that so that way the project itself was wrapped up uh but you had this other project that you could then um add tests to that need to be done so the next type of board um would really be using a workflow type scenario um these could be single boards I think which we've even already touched on with that maintenance board you just talked about, Tom. Um, it could be, and or it could be a multi-board workflow. So, so single board workflows could be. Uh, we brought this up in previous podcast episodes too, but even our own blog board that we use to track the workflow of managing blog post creation. That that board is not a project. It doesn't have a start and end date, um, but it does have a workflow that will kind of be a production workflow for all blog posts. It will be living and breathing over a long period of time. Um, the podcast board that we talked about as well is another example of that, where that's a living and breathing board. We're managing the workflow, the process of getting those podcasts produced, um, and even a maintenance board that you talked about that when you kind of were done with the, you know, the client project, you'd have this kind of workflow of managing bug tracking or issues, right, or whatever that might be that's kind of an onboarding, uh, you know, ongoing living, breathing, maybe spanning multiple projects that have been completed, but it's for the customer, right? And, and you're kind of having that living, breathing board there to manage that workflow for tracking issues and other things that need to be taken care of. 
And I think that, that people probably are going to question like, well, why would a board be a workflow versus just, you know, a one-off board? And I think what, what it really comes down to is whether or not the tasks are, uh, are all the same more or less. Right. So like for the blog board, all of the tasks are very similar in structure, right? They are, we're writing a, a blog post about this and it, and it goes through, um, the workflow that we have set up. Same thing for the podcast board, right? Like these boards don't have like one-off tasks that are not really related to that workflow. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people, even myself, you know, would think, well, okay, well you just talked about department boards, right? And, and marketing would be a good example of a department board, right? Wouldn't the blogs and the podcasts like all just go on the marketing board? And I think that's where you start to see what you're starting to talk about. Like you see similarities in, in certain types of work and you see a volume of certain types of work. So like a good rule of thumb I use, if you know, once I get over 10 subtasks, I start to consider like, well, should this be its own board? So for example, if we had a marketing board, which we do, we have a marketing board that covers general marketing projects and things to do. Um, and then we have separated out the blog post board, as we mentioned. But if I didn't have that blog post board, I would probably have a task, maybe, possibly, um, on the marketing board that, that had, you know, the covered blog post. And there would be a bunch of subtasks for all the blog posts we're going to do. That would definitely, in our scenario, go over well over 10. Um, so at that point, it's kind of like, well, that's why we broke it out to be its own board. So now we can actually manage all the blog posts through its own unique workflow and have a certain volume that's manageable on a board, as opposed to trying to cram it all into the marketing board, which will eventually get overwhelming and confusing. That's when you end up uh, turning it into a multi-board workflow, uh, <laughs> when it potentially can get over overwhelming and confusing. Um, I think a good example that we have for that uh, within the Rindle structure is actually our uh, like feedback uh, loop, if you will. So we get feedback from customers. Uh, it, it goes onto the roadmap if we decide that it we have had enough feedback about a similar feature, um, which then potentially moves on to the development board when we're ready to start working on it. And then uh, after that's done, um, there's a, a bugs board for that particular feature. It's a whole like product management side of our, the business. And um, I think to your point, you know, if imagine having all of that stuff on one giant board. Um, and I think a lot of times when you notice that there's a problem is when you start having lists for things that are not steps for workflow, right? So imagine if we had all these things on one board, feedback would probably be its own list, right? So we'd have a list on of this product board called Rindle or something, right? And the first list would be feedback. And then the next list will, well, here's all the things for our roadmap. And then next list would be, here's all the stuff we're working on right now. And there's nothing working through a workflow. It's all sitting stagnant, just being organized into containers. Mm -hmm. um, and when that happens, typically you can break those containers out into their own boards, which we did, right? So we have a feedback board. And then within that board, you actually have a workflow of how we actually flow that feedback through through that process so we can see the status of different pieces of feedback where they're at uh, before it gets to the next step which is roadmap uh, which has its own workflow right so it, it really becomes a multi-board multi-step workflow and then there's processes within each step of that, that big workflow i also just think it's important to note that uh in in certain scenarios it, it is literally um a task that's moving one single task that's moving through these multiple um, boards on, like 
in their distinct workflows. Uh, but at certain points, uh, like say it hits the development board, you might break that one task down into multiple more granular tasks. Um, so there's kind of a mix of both like single tasks and, and a single task then becoming multiple tasks like at a certain point in that workflow. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, a really good example of what you just said is our feedback board actually, because on the feedback board, we actually track feedback from customers who cancel trials, for example, right? So they cancel the trial, we collect feedback as to why, so we can say, is it missing a feature? Were they not just happy with the experience? Whatever that scenario might be, that may never become an actionable task. It may not be, ever become something we develop or anything like that, but we are tracking that because it is feedback, right? So that belongs on the feedback board. We are also tracking on that same board feedback for feature requests from our customers, right? So we get feature requests all the time via our chat widget and email and all these things, and we track them. We're really diligent about this. Um, and we track them and we tag them and organize them. Um, and those certainly may one day we say, oh, yep, we are going to do this feature. This has been requested by 10 different customers. This is great. We're going to move this forward. And that task will actually be moved essentially to roadmap, right? And be planned to actually be developed. Um, so that's a good scenario of a task moving from feedback to roadmap, eventually to development, blah, 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 um, where the feedback from the trial cancellation will probably never move off that board, which is fine. And it's still being organized as feedback. Um, and, and so you might have different scenarios depending on the different type of tasks and things you're, you're managing. Yeah, I think really it comes down to that we're just trying to turn a whole bunch of uh, like data that we have into something more manageable, right, throughout um, our process, yeah. uh, which that's ultimately what, what everyone who's attempting to get more organized uh, is trying to do, right, turn, turn a bunch of uh, various a bunch of noise if you will into into something manageable yeah i think that's a mistake a lot of people make is they try to fit everything into one place right so like a, a department is a really good example like that if you have a marketing department okay let's just put all of our marketing stuff on that board or project um and i think that's where it gets overwhelming really quickly and then people get frustrated and they start not using the software or tools or whatever you're using to manage that um and instead of creating an environment that's really easy to manage. And it's back to your point about, you know, how many tasks does it really make sense to manage in one place, right? You know, when you get to hundreds of tasks in one area, at some point it becomes unmanageable and unprocessed. Like you can't process the amount of data that's on that board at some point. It's different if you're storing it and you're just going to reference it periodically right and prioritize but if you're really working on that board it's really tough to manage a, a large amount of data in one place so breaking it out into functional areas like we did in this example it just keeps everybody's sanity so when we're working on development stuff that we're actually coding and developing for the product we're not clouding our vision with feedback and roadmap items and bugs and all this craziness because right now we're focusing on building a feature right so it just clears everything up, clears the air, lets everybody focus on kind of the task at hand and not have to sift through a bunch of data every time they go to do some work. I think the last uh, type of, of, or type of boards or singular board, if you will, are, are the personal task boards. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty passionate about this. <laughs> I think this is something that gets forgotten uh, in a lot of ways, especially when you're talking about managing teamwork as a whole. Like, you know, obviously managing client projects are really important and managing your team's projects and all these things are usually top of the list. But 
personal tasks really don't get covered that much. And, and when we say personal tasks, just to further define it, it's, it's, a, it's a, a personal task related to work. So we're not talking about stuff at home or grocery list items or stuff you're going to do on the weekend. This has to do with your personal task list related to work. So there are always a set of work or tasks that you have to do that fall outside of the project work, the workflows that you're working on, whatever it is you're doing at work that only you care about are only assigned to you and you're not really collaborating with anybody else on those. Um, and I think a lot of times people typically manage these in all different ways. Everybody has their own unique way. Some people use a notepad. Some people will use their email. Some people will use, you know, a piece of software, random piece of software, even one that's not even used at the business, right? So you have this like automatic separation that happens. Um, and I think it's a big issue only because, you know, as a, as a team or as a company, you know, we're striving to have data in the same place um, and understanding workloads and what people are doing and each employee and team member to understand what's on their plate. And I think it's really hard to do that when you're always looking at just a subset of the work that's on your plate, because usually the personal tasks end up, you know, outside of that, that realm. And that actually is why we did create something called direct assignments um, within Rindle. Uh, because because sometimes I know that there's tasks that you have to do, Brian, and I can just uh, create it on on wherever. It doesn't really matter where I create it and actually just directly assign you. I don't have to worry about uh, you being on the board that I created on. You can get that task. And then I can be like, oh, hey, Brian, finish that task that I had assigned him um, when when you ultimately do finish it. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great deterrent from like a typical scenario, which is like, you know, hey, I need time to do this. It really doesn't fit no project. We don't really have a place that's organizing all this stuff because it's kind of a one-off. So right now, I think a lot of people, you know, defer to email and Slack or, or things Slack, like that. Yeah. Yep. yep. And and really, this allows you to actually assign a task, like you're saying, directly, not having to create a project or board and share it and all these steps. That's kind of a one-off thing that nobody wants to do, and it allows you as a delegator to track it as you know, as well, right? Hey, did they complete it? Did they not? Do you need to even collaborate on that one single one-off task? It gives you that kind of context as well and place to organize it. But, but yeah, I think, you know, just getting back to the personal task list too, it's important, I think, even from a team perspective to make sure generally people are managing their personal tasks. One, are they actually keeping track of them? A lot of people just keep track of them in their head to, to promote using a personal task list. I mean, I know I, I like having my personal, I have a personal, my task board that I use to manage my, my one-offs that nobody really cares about. Um, Tom, I don't know what you do for your personal list. I, I, I have to admit that I do write things down on uh, paper a lot, um, mainly because I am staring at a computer monitor uh, a lot, and this actually um, allows me to uh, put my eye down at a piece of paper for a period of time, and uh, I just prefer that. There, I do put things in Rindle that are longer term things that usually the things that I'll, I'll write down on a piece of paper are things that I know that I'll be getting done within the next like a uh, couple of hours within that day. Um, but if it's something that's uh, a longer term thing, I, I will put it down um, in Rindle on, on my tasks board. Yeah, I do the same thing. Actually, I have a, a notepad that I have like a punch list for the day because if I'm going to do it, like I said, in the next hour or two hours, um, it's really not worth the effort to get it into the system and take the time to do that. Mm -hmm. um, if it is longer term, I, I just do the same thing. I get it in a window because that's when I drop tasks generally. Um, so, and, and I do follow a 
the two minute rule, which is um, from getting things done. And I think it's promoted in a couple other productivity methodologies out there. But, you know, if, if I get an email or something that I could do it in two minutes or somebody asked me to do something and I can do it in two minutes, I do it. I don't even write it down. I don't put it in Rindle. I don't even scratch it down. I just literally do it and never write it down or document it um, just because I can get it done so quickly. And, and I, it avoids having to track a bunch of stuff that is really just minimal effort. So that's kind of generally what I do. But yeah, so I think this is interesting to talk about um, with your team too. I mean, you know, like how are people tracking the work? Um, and I, I think it comes down to, you know, general statement of like the importance of using one system across your entire team slash company. And I think that's just a general thing that I think is coming back around is really interesting with software development too. Like back in the day, there were huge systems that kind of, built everything that you needed into one platform and it was big, huge bloated platform in it, but it had everything. Uh, we used something at uh, our agency, Tom, that had project management, you know, accounting, like you name it, it had everything. it in that yep. platform. It was just crazy. But unfortunately it wasn't really great at everything. Um, yeah. So really it was, it was not simple to use by any means. Yeah. And then and the trend happened where like, well, software started coming out. That, that were web-based that were really good at one thing microservices um, if you will yeah yeah and and then okay people are like well that's really easy to use and i really like that for this so let's use this and then we'll use this tool for that and then right so now we have this situation where we're seeing lots of people using different tool sets um but i think you know as far as task management project management like the importance of using one system across your team uh is important you know be from personal tasks to you know department boards and projects to client projects and, and various workflows you have going on to keep all the data in one place, therefore fully understanding workloads and what's actually going on. And you know, when data is not in the same place, it really doesn't give you the full picture. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with mm -hmm. in general. Like I'm having a really hard time understanding what my team's working on. Well, probably because you have three different systems floating around, some you might not even know about, and all the information actually isn't in one place. In my opinion, it definitely keeps things generally more organized, um, easier access to what's actually on everybody's plate from a managed perspective and an individual perspective, and provides ability to share and collaborate a lot easier. If you're all on the same platform, it makes sharing and all those things much easier, especially with remote teams and all those things. Sure, and just jumping back to what you had said previously, like uh, about like trying to avoid um, putting those one-off tasks like, uh, or, or sending those one-off tasks that people have to do through email or through Slack. It's, it's not also that we don't use those things. We actually do. We'll talk about um, like, oh, did, did you happen to do this? Um, yes, no, whatever in Slack. And then you'll be like, oh, I'll create a task for that. That really, really works. Like we still do use those instant communication platforms all the time. Um, but when there's an actual test that needs to be done, we put it in, in Rindle. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to that point too, you know, I've seen it where, you know, especially as your company gets larger or businesses get larger and you have multiple departments and all those things, you know, you have different departments using different tools. Um, even sometimes within the same department, you have multiple teams using different tools. So, you know, as we know, it's not a perfect world where, you know, people will switch teams, right. And move from one team to another or have to work on a different project or something with somebody else. And, there's all these tools floating around. So like the disconnection of data is, is you know, absolutely crazy. N not only between Slack, which is really has its own purpose compared to Rindle, which has its purpose, right? Mm -hmm. But now we're talking about having multiple PM platforms within the same department. 
right? Sure. And when, when you go move from this team to, to X team for two weeks because they need help with something, you're literally uprooting from one system and tracking in another system. And there's just a huge disconnect that happens. So just, just food for thought in general, but you know, moving to the same platform for one purpose is, is definitely key. I actually think it gets even worse when you take into account not just project management software, but also task management software, because people people are always like, hey, you know, I use uh, Todoist or Wonderlist like for my task management, and and it's like, well, the the line between what's a task management software and a project management software is like really um, thin line, if you will. There, I personally don't think that you should basically allow people to use like task management software is if you are using a project management software um, at a company, right? It, it ultimately, it serves the same purpose. And if it's an easy to use platform, they should easily be able to manage tasks within it. Um, yeah, agreed. I mean, I, I, you know, if you're going to use to do this in one list, um, things like that, you know, really that's a personal, like, you know, I use certain things like I use Apple notes actually at home now, like for my grocery list and stuff that that's not sure. related to Rindle stuff. And obviously each to each their own uh, at home. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. I think that that it causes problems in the long run. Uh, and, and honestly, people shouldn't be putting work information into personal accounts of random softwares, regardless. It's just not great practice. But yeah, that's when disconnects happen. And you have multiple and, and it's just app fatigue. You know, you're now each person has to manage different things. It just doesn't make much sense. So yeah. yeah, if it were me, you know, I would actually, you know, push my team to be like, you know, everything should be in here. If you have one-offs, you should figure out how to track them in whatever system you're using um, and, and get everything into one system so you have a complete view of things. All right, so let's get to the tips for taking action. Um, yeah, the first tip is do an internal audit of where all your work for your team is being tracked today. I think it will be eye-opening. You probably don't realize that there potentially are different tools being used, sometimes for the same function, um, but even for that personal use case we were talking about where people are using other tools to track their one-offs and, and personal tasks. But do an audit and figure out all the tools people are actually using today and see if that makes sense. Can you consolidate it? Can you have one platform cover a couple bases for everybody? And I think it will streamline communication in general and kind of keep things a lot of times wasted usually just jumping between apps and tracking things down so i think it would just generally streamline communication for your team i think that will be pretty eye-opening cool um another another uh tip for taking action is uh don't be afraid to like create a lot of a lot of different types of boards and try out a lot of different things um i would start off with fewer boards just to start or fewer projects if you will to start and and expand like grow naturally um but uh, again like the the whole reason why we basically are talking about this is because we get asked a lot like well what types of projects or what structure should i make for my team and i, I don't think you should be worried about like messing it up picking the wrong structure because uh if the software is designed well like you should be able to fairly easily change that structure right like as you as you more clearly understand how to use the software and how your workflow is 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 working yeah i think the, these are great guidelines that we gave you today like just examples of hey these are the different types of boards slash projects that you can have and the reasons why and really you should apply them and experiment you know to, to see what's best fit for you i agree yeah don't be afraid to you know try some things out and hey maybe this should be its own board great let's try it 
And if not, maybe this sh we should consolidate these two and make it one, right? And we do that all the time. All um, the time. Yep. You know, so it, it's absolutely acceptable. I think that's really, you have to be able to iterate. I think that's, you know, we're big fans of that. Like everything we do, we want to be able to iterate, you know, workflows within boards, board structure themselves. How should we process this information? What's best for the team? Um, and sometimes we make a decision and start doing it one way and then we change and say, no, let's try it this way. Um, and you, you're right, Tom, it should be fairly easy to do that. It shouldn't take days or weeks or anything like that. It should take min minutes, right? And be like, okay, let's shift this stuff over uh, and let's try this for a couple of weeks and see how it flows. Well, I think that about wraps us up for the day. If you have a question for us, you can call it into our voicemail number at 860-577-2293, or you can email it to us at workflow at rindle.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Thunder Rock by Magic Studio used under Creative Commons. Subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for Workflow and visit rindle.com slash workflow-podcast for a full transcript of each episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.